halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fuck it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, this is Camilo Fantasia. Hi, this is Kim Gaynor. Hi, this is Jenny Tear. And this is Halfway There, a podcast about the new, new middle age. Why, why is it why is it newer than than usual because uh we are the delusional middle-aged because we still think we're young that's not true we wouldn't have a podcast uh called halfway there that's true middle age if we were delusional you know what a lot of people are though and instantly recoil when they hear about the subject matter I know. I've noticed that some people. Um, I've I've definitely gotten that reaction from some people. It's it's like I can't. Ha- I, I, you know, why do I want to hear about that? It's, it, like, it, well, it's kind of you have to you have to like uh, frame it like a comedy true crime podcast. Like who wants to hear about <laughs> horrific murders? But when they're couched in you know, uh, great sense of humor and uh yeah presented as like-hearted light-hearted fair then it's more palatable isn't it even even uh, desirable to listen to that's what i would say we should just just change the category every time we talk to someone it's about um auto mechanics yeah it's <laughs> great we talked about you know talk about all the new german luxury cars you know and just see what hooks people and then <laughs> and find out it's about middle age they're already hooked and then we'll make them confront their impending death (laughs) i like this you know what but if you're into cars if you're very into cars you're probably already putting your life at risk on the regular i don't know i always assume that people who like cars are the ones who are speeding on the road weaving true and those are the people who need to confront their middle age the most. That they're often the people that go out and buy these crazy cars when they turn middle aged. So I think this is actually a good plan. Mm-hmm. You know what? I will say this: now that I am middle aged, I drive like forty miles per hour everywhere. <laughs> I'm I've wholly embraced being a like a grandmother driver, and uh, I'm not ashamed because I would rather. What's that? Do you have caravans of cars behind you and people honking? Yeah, ang- angry men usually. And I'm like, you you need to go to therapy and work it out because the highway is not a place for your misdirected anger. <laughs> I have also a theory, if I were doing a stand-up set, I have a theory that in in like inside cars, everybody reveals their true biases because mm. whenever like somebody cuts you off or they do something that you disapprove of, you always check to see who it is mm. like, oh, it's an old person or, you know, fill in the category because this could get really offensive very quickly. Um, but I feel like men are like, oh, it's a woman driver, you know, whatever. Yeah, do you guys agree? I'm with you with driving slowly because I'm driving in the Caribbean and I'm driving on the other side of the road. The I don't side. know how you do that. 
I don't know either. I don't know either, but I have been doing it. But it's kind of really sad since, you know, Barbados is one of the like most laid back places on earth. And if you have Bayesians honking and yelling at you, you know that you are really pissing them off on the road. And yeah, they'll they'll honk. I've gotten a couple of um, hand gestures, but I'm always like, hey man, have a nice day. And they're just like, <laughs> even more inflamed but you know what i'm driving safely to the best it's amazing so do you think when you come back to the states and you drive on the right (laughs) side of the road do you think it'll be confusing i think it might be i actually have driven here longer than i've driven in the u.s i just got my driver's license before i moved to barbados And it was just kind of like a slam bam, thank you, ma'am, like cramming situation. Um, And I barely passed. And then I came directly here and started driving on the other side of the road. I don't know what's going to happen if and when I try to drive in the U.S. again. But you'll be ready to drive in the U.K. I sure will. So maybe that's my next destination. Australia, what side do they drive on? Mm. Or do they drive upside down on the underside of the road? <laughs> they drive down under. Yeah. 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 Are you um, Googling that? I, I, I'm not. I'm no. not. I just... I'll, Failed. I'll put it out there. Please somebody call in. Email us. Call halfway in. There from our Australian listeners, halfway, to, halfway there, the podcast at Gmail. Let us know. What can side do you drive on? And hello, also, Camille. Hello, Camille. It's Pippa. I just wanted you to know that we drive on the right side of the road. I love your podcast. It's finally let me confront the fact that I'll be dead soon. Okay, <laughs> bye. Probably Thanks so much cancer. for calling in, Pippa. Yeah. <laughs> did, the, did the hole in the ozone layer used to be directly over Australia? So, like, the incidences of skin cancer were just far outstripped anywhere else in the world. Too bad it didn't. It didn't give Rupert Murdoch a giant melanoma. His whole face is a giant melanoma. Have you seen that man's face? Good grief. He's still kicking, man. He's like fucking 100 and he runs, you know, 10 TV stations and five newspapers. And get this, Fox News is starting a weather channel. Isn't that amazing? They're starting Uh, a 24 hours. Fake weather reports. It'll literally be pouring rain outside and it'll be like, Sunny. <laughs> we say it's sunny. The people who who single-handedly help create the climate, like you know, change clusterfuck that we're in, are going to chart start a weather channel because they said that quote This is an exciting time for weather. <laughs> <laughs> to say the very least. I mean, one way of putting it. What? They should just start dystopia news. I mean, it's unreal. What What are the pundits like? Are they going to have like opinion sections on weather where people are screaming at each other about what they're seeing on screen? Yeah. It's a typhoon. No, it's a hurricane. I, I'm just trying to picture it. I mean, I don't know. I guess they're probably going to have people on like disputing what causes massive hurricanes. 
you know, they'll just be like, it's all the hot air coming from the liberals. I, mean, I don't know. Speaking of R- Rupert Murdoch and like walking cadavers, did you see they trotted out Bob Dole? Oh man. Is, is he still alive? Yeah, he looks like one of the people from the end of like the first Indiana Jones movies. And, is he um, still holding that pin? I don't think he has the physical strength. He's being carried around um, by Catter. So Camilo, I think, held up. But is that him? But you they know drug him out to say that he like had voted for Trump and would have done so again. It's like, couldn't they just have left him in his coffin? I mean, it was oh, this really necessary or helpful. Essentially, you're saying he looked like a mummified Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> It tracks, but, okay. But do you guys remember he has kind of an atrophy, not to make fun of, but like this was something when I was younger, I was confused about. He was always holding the pin. If you look at any photo op of him anywhere, I'm not sure which hand it was. It just, I wonder what kind of pin it was. Probably a big, cheap Republican bastards. <laughs> well, look. You know what isn't atrophied on Bob Dole? Oh, oh. His, ah. his, you know, because he's a spokesman for Viagra, so. Oh, oh yikes. Really? Um, yeah, he was a spokesman for Viagra. God, forgotten all about that. How could you? How unfortunate. Now that explains it all. Do we think, yeah. do we think that's Trump's future? in five years when he's out of prison because he'll only get like six months? I don't think so because there's ample information out there and reports of him having an oddly shaped penis. Like- It's, it's not like he has wording. to show it in the commercial. <laughs> yeah, no, but the word is not good on his male member. Mm-hmm. So I think he might not be the best choice. <laughs> he Bob Dole was packing. We all knew from the way he uh, held sure. that pen. But exactly. Why do you think he's holding that pen? <laughs> Straight and long. Trump definitely wore diapers. I mean, mm. it would be hard to make out his member because it's covered by a layer of like plastic and foam and like cotton. <sighs> And extra absorbent microfiber. That's exactly. This is so horrifying. This I'm I'm now going into Kim territory. I don't want to hear anything else about this subject. (laughs) I'm just trying to have look, everybody. This is a morning record, our first morning record. It's a very morning energy. I'm having my coffee here, not a glass of wine. And Jenny's a glass of wine. Hearing about I'm having a diapers is not, not how I want to start my day. <laughs> Look, just, I'm having a glass of wine. It's oh. Saturday. It's 11 o'clock. It's time to, <laughs> it's cocktail hour over here. And we're talking about male diapers. <laughs> well, what what people in Australia is, it's definitely cocktail hour. So there That's you go. Exactly. As my grandmother Rest in peace would say 12 o'clock twist off. So I'm <laughs> following in a proud, proud legacy. And I love talking about male diapers on a weekend. So I. I um please, if you're if you're in Australia, uh, please write us also at 
halfway there the podcast at gmail.com and tell us what is the best Australian drink to have while listening to this podcast. Oh, that's fascinating. I love that. I is love that Boston? question. That's the only Australian drink I know. Australian oh. beer. Shrimp on the Barbie cocktail. No, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, well, I'm, you guys, should we go into our segments? We should. We should go into our segments. What are the cool kids up to? What music do they like? Where do they go at night? Are they watching sexy Netflix shows or anime or both? Cool, cool kids like really cool kids. We want to know what you're up to. Ah, oh, as if. I'm going to tell you what the kids are up to, although this is all going to be inference. Uh, because I was watching the Olympics opening ceremony last night with Jim. And as I have mentioned to, to you previously, it was underwhelming to be kind. Not just the opening ceremony, which I believe was revised to, to uh, not be too festive. I mean, the Japanese are very considerate people and they're tactful overall. And I think they wanted to not have an extremely celebratory opening ceremony because we are in the midst of, of a pandemic, which yeah. I understand. But that doesn't mean that you need to have people just sort of vaguely running around random directions on the stage, flapping their arms like maybe they're birds. Very unclear. Uh, building Japanese traditional houses out of logs by continuously pulling the same pieces of wood on and off, on and off the same platform. Uh, wow. So it was just, it was, it felt like a crescendo that never crescended. Like you're like, okay, they're building up to something. Like they're, they're literally building structures here, right? This is Are you sure they weren't climax doing and Buto? Hmm? What if they were doing Buto, you know, that like really maddeningly slow movement that yes. goes nowhere? They were that doing stuff like, like that. Sounds like Jenga is what they were doing. <laughs> but like really boring Jenga with like two levels where if you took the top piece off and put it back on top, you know? Yeah. No challenge whatsoever. So, but that's not what I really wanted to talk about. Then we're like, okay, here comes the parade of nations, right? So first of all, on the sidelines, there are strangely plastic clad middle-aged Japanese women going like this. The entire time the parade of nation is going on. We can't now, see you. Can you describe how my arms are moving? Yes, Camila was flailing his arms in the air slowly, like wheat waving on the prairie in the wind. That's a very kind and poetic way to put it. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Um, all those semesters of movement in our theater program have paid off, <laughs> clearly. Absolutely. <laughs> But when the young people came out, I started to thinking, are they, we're in the midst of a pandemic, are they boning like they usually would be boning? Yeah. You mean in Olympic Village, are they fucking? Yeah, the Olymp <laughs> yes, in the Olympic Village, are fucking. they fucking, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wanted to throw this out there to you, you know, because as we know that there are quite a few if you've probably seen in the news, there are quite a few uh, athletes that have refused to get vaccinated and they're still permit permitted to be at the Olympics. So do you think they're asking each other for vaccination proof before they bone? Do you think that they're boning in masks? I'm just trying to put myself in that mindset if I was like, you know, 21 years old or whatever, and I was at the Olympic Village with all of these very young, very horny people would I be able to control myself? 
But what I take is precautions. 100% they're boning. Did you um, read the new item about, I don't know if this is fake news um, or not, um, but apparently the beds in Olympic Village have been designed not to hold the weight of two people. So fucking is prohibited or, you know, it's it's a little bit more def difficult, but uh, that would not deter me at all. I mean, going, yeah. when I was twenty one years old, going to the bed meant that you'd like given up. Yeah, you know what I mean, these, like you did it everywhere except the bed. These are Olympic athletes; they can fucking bear if they want to. They yeah, can, they can fuck while doing backflips. <laughs> Olympic Commission. There will be fucking in Olympic Olympic Village, I'm sure. There and will be fucking. If they have to lay down, they've all brought in foam. They all bring uh, foam mats with them, and you know to stretch. So you know <laughs> that's not. They're not just stretching their muscles. You know what I'm saying? So it's so yoga it's, mat sex. Mm -hmm, yoga mat, those foam mats, like they've got it covered. Um, well, that is a fascinating question, Camilo. Um, I'm on the pulse of what's important today. You truly are. I wonder, because overall, young people are having a lot less sex than generations previously. Mm. Is that true, Jen? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, they are. I mean, there's a bunch of uh, theories as to why, like some say because of all the porn it's uh like you know or they're having sort of screen like cyber sex and not like actual in-person contact sex and um it seems like overall a more depressive generation uh but maybe that's a little different for um olympic athletes i don't know i mean i think they're probably still having sex but maybe not as much as they would if we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic i do think it's pretty crazy that there are athletes who refuse to get vaccinated and that they were allowed to go yeah yeah i mean you're technically sending your elite so you're you know putting your elite athletic elite at risk yeah it's nuts yeah. and they're getting covid left and right yeah there's there's lots of cases right yeah I, I want to go back to these. I want to go back to these beds because what they are is cardboard boxes, basically, with a mattress with a another cardboard surface and then a mattress on top. You googled Camilo. No, no, no. I've seen I've seen this article. Okay. But which made me laugh because it's basically uses that principle of if you lie down on something weak, it spreads out spreads out the weight of evenly and won't collapse. I yes. think it would be really funny to try to make it collapse. Because the worst thing that can happen is your mattress ends up on the floor. Who cares, right? So they're yeah. really like, made of let's cardboard. Let's so hard we break the bed. How fun is that? Uh, yeah, so was an Olympic athlete. Um, I I can't remember where he's from, but actually he had posted something. Mm -hmm. uh, to Just he put in a up and down and um, oh, it's an Irish gymnast. And he was like, well, let's see if these are like anti-fucking beds or not. <laughs> and I he jumped that. up and down and it, oh, it was Reese McClinahan. Reese McClinahan. He uh, sounds like a naughty boy. Yeah. Of course yeah. he was a nasty Irishman. <laughs> oh, I like me a nasty Irishman. Oh, 
I know you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that what we like, was hanging out in Irish pubs? You should see her on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, oh yes. I haven't experienced a St. Patrick's Day in a while. When all oh, the authentic no. Irish people come out to party. Yeah, yeah exactly. All the, be all the best people. <laughs> Pretty that much like have avoided that. A very, it's like Alcoholics Christmas, basically. So does Reese break the bed or not? He does not break the bed. Oh, wow. declares that it is, quote, fake news. Okay. Oh. Yeah. He, wow. Um, yeah, Northern Ireland. I just really much prefer the image of like somebody, you know, mid like backward backflip and then some person with displayed legs like just bouncing up and down atop them, you know, <laughs> in the water or something. Just, you know, it doesn't seem like too many of these athletes marry. Like you never really hear about Olympic athletes in long-term relationships or marrying each other, do you? Um, well, we have Bruce Jenner. <laughs> um, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Well, She's Bruce, gov Bruce governor was the Olympian. Yes, oh, I'm, not, I'm not misgendering. I'm saying Bruce Jenner was uh, the person or the gender of person who got the Olympic medals. Kim, this is exactly the same argument that got Jim into hot water with, with my cousin once removed. About what? This exact same conversation about Bruce. Oh, whether, whether I should be referring to Bruce. Uh, 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 well, Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, is a former Olympian. Maybe that's the most correct way to put it. See, yes. I can mid-course. I think Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z was like slowly backing away, taking their headphones slowly out, and now they're back. They're back in. They're they're back. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what um, Caitlin says about that because about I watched that Kardashian show and <gasps> they have referred to Bruce. <gasps> Sorry, they don't call. Dog. They don't call Caitlin. Caitlin. <gasps> But they have referred to Bruce in the past, so it's it's. I mean, he's he's basically a Republican old man slash woman, so I think that yeah, she's a country club. She's totally a country club Republican. I mean, not not old man slash woman. Now you're going to get the Gen Zers on our asses. Damn it! Yeah, we're canceled. We're canceled. We're, we're so dangerously close on getting our canceling ourselves. Caitlin is a woman. Bruce Jenner was was the Olympian who is now no, known as uh, Caitlin Jenner, who's also a former Olympian. I just, I just, I have a, a a very bad. Oh, look, the glasses are back. Yes. Oh the God, floor, Morty. The. The fourth I, contributor I, I, to this podcast, your giant glasses have more personality than all three of us combined. I needed to put them. I needed to put them on so I could inspect your language choices. <laughs> Thank you, Morty. Um, so, be better qualified. So I'm. I'm not trying to alienate a swath of the population. I just. Um, this, when I don't like someone, I feel like I need to disrespect them on every single level, because I know. I know Caitlyn Jenner is listening to this. Obviously. Oh. Absolutely. She's probably got a Google alert for her name. Z <laughs> name Zuh. Probably right. 
Um, she actually, okay, slight Caitlyn Jenner news. She yeah. is, you know, we all know she's running for governor. But get this, she hired a film crew to film her run. Mm. So essentially, it's just a reality TV show. It's just a reality stunt. Yeah. God, they must have such giant vacuous holes in the middle of them. All of them. Just <laughs> giant God-sized holes. Bigger um, than glasses, even. Bigger than these glasses. Um, well, that was fascinating. Please, if you guys know of what's happening in Olympic Village, email halfwaytherepod at gmail.com. We need a fucking report. Especially from our Australian um, athletes. Halfway they're... there, the podcast at gmail.com. Yep. If you know, I really, of... I really want to take this podcast on the road and I really want to go to Australia. So uh, we need I, to build our audience that down there. That's halfway down there. Um, oh, yes. Awesome. Uh, I can't wait to hear about who was on Grinder with their vaccine card. <clears throat> um, what segment is next? Health and beauty? Yeah. Oh, I just want to be pretty. Give me your potions, give me your serums, give me your unwinds. But that must work out, baby. Oh, no, I can't. I just want to be pretty. Yeah, yeah. So, um, health and beauty. These are things <laughs> that we really need to pay attention to at our ages, right? Okay. Yes. Can I we just can I interject up. something? I was like, I, I had ordered eye cream from Amazon and it wasn't yeah. here and I ran out of my previous tube and I like literally panicked for two days that I was going to become like instantly pruned. Up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it can happen just like that. So don't let it happen again. But what I wanted to talk about today is part of, part of a larger trend, which is the legalization and decriminalization of marijuana all around the country. What used to get black people locked up for 40 years to life is now a main ingredient in you know expensive eye creams. So the CBD beauty industry is booming. Um, these products are now normalized and being destigmatized, and they're found at fancy retailers like Barney's and Neiman Marcus. And um, this is not limited to Gen Z, but it should be noted that most Gen Zers have a diagnosable mental health issue, and CBD products have become very, very popular with them. And, and that might be a reason. So let's take a, a look at some of the science behind this since yes. we are an educational podcast. Yes, yes. Who likes to say um, the body has something called the endocannabinoid system. Um, and this is a system that regulates the body, regulates hormones responsible to for well-being and happiness and creates homeostasis. Um, and this system was actually named after cannabinoid plants because there's a similar sort of effect on well-being. Um, so 
as, as it stands right now, CBD products are available in all kinds of beauty products. So lip balms, eye creams, um, all kinds of face masks and wow. results. Um, the effects are said to be everything from um, anti-inflammation, relaxation, um, actually combating acne because they have a um, good effect on, on the sebocytes or the cells that create sebums. Um, so um, they have an antibacterial effect, anti-fungal effect. They don't clog pores. So they can actually help with your, your uh, acne symptoms if you're still having those at whatever age you are. And I uh, can attest to the fact that acne does not stop when you're 30, unfortunately, not necessarily. Um, so, you know, here are some, here are some specific products. Um, there's a, if you want to make a shopping list, uh, there's a, an eye cream that's called Kanuka, $38. Um, you know, this, this stuff ain't cheap, you know, that good shit ain't cheap. <laughs> Kanuka, uh, is called Kanuka because it's Manuka honey, which is a really high quality honey and CBD. Um, and so it's supposed to have a plumping effect, a relaxing effect. One study found that CBD actually reduces the fear response, which might back up these claims that it can relax you. Um, and it should be noted that CBD does not have the psychoactive ingredient, THC, that's the good stuff that makes you high. But there are some CB pro CBD products that are called full spectrum that have all of the components of the plant, including a little T THC, but it's such a low amount um, that it's still legal. It doesn't make you high. Actually, there's some gray area legally about um, these things. Um, but yeah, again, these these products have uh, a wide range of reported you know good effects something to note is that there's not a lot of regulation about this right now so a lot of these products are mislabeled you don't want to get arrested in the in the airport because you came through with some cbd products that were you know full of weed so one thing is that you want to look for a lab label that tells you how much CBD is in in whatever product that you are using. So it's legal hemp-derived CBD products that have less than three-tenths of a percent of THC are legal on the federal level, but they're still illegal in some states. So check your local laws before you out and buy these beauty products, Gen Zers, Gen Wires, and Gen Xers. Don't get arrested because of your weed bath bombs. Um, and that's another one. I've, there's a couple of bath bombs that I have seen online. Have you guys heard of Lush? The soap. No. Lush um, is an online retailer, and they also have uh, physical stores in malls. 
So this is kind of the lowbrow uh, version, but- uh, Now you're talking my language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so these are top of the line to bottom of the line. So we talked about Kanuka, which is pretty expensive. Um, and then there are some, some bath bombs that you can buy. Um, if you want more of a full body effect and Lush, like I said, makes one called 420 and it is subtle. it relaxes you, it calms you, it gets rid of your back knee, okay, because you're soaking in this, in this infused CBD infused water, which is helping your, your SIBO sites to not create excess sebum. So that's pretty great. And if you look on the label, it has 25 milligrams of CBD. Um, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked to hear this. Because one of the reasons I'm not a pot smoker, mm -hmm. back in the day, every time, you know, the, the two times that I didn't inhale, I would get pretty severe breakouts. So somehow this technology has advanced so that now it actually clears out your pores. I don't know, I'm a little skeptical. I, I wonder what that response was from, if it wasn't completely psychosomatic, knowing you, Camilo, in college, <laughs> you're so ridden with guilt and stressed out about getting arrested or something that you broke out. <laughs> think that that's a plausible theory. I don't because I'm thinking of what we were doing in our, in our apartment in Queens. What? Illegal Wait. activity? Shh. I, don't want, I hope Palm Porn, our previous landlady, isn't listening to this. I hope I not. Hope she wants her security deposit back. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that, Palm Porn. <laughs> they were very good about that. They were very they, good landlords. They were. They were. And we were terrible. We were in there smoking pot all day. Yeah. Do you guys think that the cheapest um, bath ball you can buy is called skunk weed? <laughs> the, the skunk weed ball? Well, if like you're, you're, you're giving away ideas for free here. Oh, sorry. I'm going to start my own cheap CBD line called Skunky. <laughs> and it's the hot topics of CBD. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a total sea change in terms of like our relationship to marijuana. It, it really uses yeah, something that was completely demonized a few years ago or in the 60s when those, you know, no account hippies were smoking it um, or even in the 30s and 40s when we had movies like Reefer Madness, you know, yeah. believed that weed was actually something that could make you like a strung out, strung out addict. And I even yeah. remember uh, commercials in the 80s or 90s. Do you guys remember the guy sitting in his like parents' basement? He's just smoking weed and he's like, you know, I see all this stuff about weed, how it makes you, you know, it makes you a bad person and steal and all this stuff. And he's just sitting there in this like terrible basement. He's like, I never, I never did any of those things. I never did anything. And that was like, the whole like tagline it's like oh, but he was sitting on a mountain of like burger king wrappers and, yeah. yeah you'll be you'll be a nothing loser if you smoke weed but now 
um, you know, smoke weed, slather it all over your body, like China in it with your bath bomb. Um, You know, the more weed, the better. It's part of the self-care like industrial complex. Okay. I am going to say something here though. I want to throw out a little bit of, of a provocative take. So I do know people who I think are addicted to marijuana. Like, I think that there is an idea that this is just, I jokingly say that there are people who espouse and evangelize it like it's Native American vitamin C. Like it doesn't have um, any negative consequences or effects, but I don't in fact think that's true. I think it is a drug that can be abused like other drugs, you know? In fact, you and I know somebody we have an old acquaintance in common that I thought was completely like it it was having a a really negative effect on his life. I wonder who we're talking about. Is this somebody I know as well? Oh yeah. He's a, he was a playwright. I'll leave it at that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely negative effect on his life. Um, Jenny, I, I completely agree with you. Um, all of this report about, you know, CD CBD products is not to say that, um, weed can't be addictive and it can't have negative effects on your life. Um, it can, but it also has medicinal effects. So I think the key, 100%. yeah, balance. And the key is like working with a professional, either a healthcare professional or a, you know, dispensary that has, knowledge about you know what specific strains and what amount you should be taking and how often this is not something you know people self-medicate with weed and that's not always helpful so yeah yeah. so so we need to move on this is fascinating but i am holding out for gwyneth paltrow's thc infused anal egg (laughs) and then um then i'm all in it's called toop. <laughs> it's called shoop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's hear about what happens in the future. Future, future, future. In 30 years, future. stuff will be different. How different? How different? We don't know. But we'll speculate for the show. Come along for the ride. Okay. Well, we're going to kind of do a future present. It's like the future is here segment. And this is about the exploding NFT market, non-fungible tokens, okay, and art. Sorry, Camilo, I love to pick topics that make you vent a spleen. All right, so this is a primer. I'm taking this from the Verge uh, website, and it's sort of a, a guide to what are NFTs. The first question is, what is an NFT? What does NFT stand for? Non-fungible token, which essentially you means it's Kim not. Away. What's that? Kim has literally drove... left the podcast. She just <laughs> no, walked away. Sorry, She's so sorry. over NFTs. You're not supposed to call me out. It's my landlady. She's not going to more. Do... She she always finds a moment that is really not a good moment. I'll just. He wants to know about NFTs. Doesn't. <laughs> um. Okay, so non-fungible token essentially means something that is not of this, like not of the physical reality. Essentially, just exists online. How do NFTs work? 
NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like a Bitcoin or Dogecoin. Are all of you sleeping already? I am. This is so boring. Okay. Um, NFTs can really be anything digital, such as drawing music, your brain downloaded and turned into an AI. Ha ha ha. So basically, this past spring, there was a flurry of buying, specifically buying art that was NFTs. And in fact, uh, Grimes sold a 50 second video that she made the lovely Grimes, as if she needed any more money. She's currently shacking up with Elon Tusk, Husk. She sold a 50 second video for $390,000. But the biggest honor goes to Beeple, who is an artist who sold a video, get this, for $6.6 million at Christie's. So essentially, it's art that exists online, and there's a lot of controversy, art in in quotes, there's a a lot of controversy about it, Um, and there's a lot of thought that there's so much capital sloshing around, partly because of the pandemic, all the rich people had to sit at home and have their, you know, endless investments just accrue more and more wealth, that they're looking for places to park it, and also NFTs offer a unique opportunity for money launderers to put their money somewhere. Isn't that lovely? So some weird Russian oligarch can buy a video and like put his blood money on the internet. I would like to read, there's a piece by a young art critic that I thought was really incredibly beautiful and we should put it in the show notes. It's in Spike Art Magazine. His name is Dean, Dean Kissick. And he wrote a kind of an essay about the emergence of NFTs and their relation to the time that we're in. So I'm just going to read you one paragraph that I thought was particularly um, poignant or illuminating, arresting. Okay. This is just a, a clip from this. This is just a paragraph from this es- longer essay about the emergence of NFTs as the art of our time. Lucy, a chimpanzee, was born in America in the 60s. She was raised by the psychotherapist Morris K. Temerlin and his wife Jane in their home in Oklahoma. She was raised to believe she was a human. Locked down in their house, she took to drinking gin, reading Playgirl, pleasuring herself with a vacuum cleaner, and something all content producers will be able to relate to, sculpting maquettes of human heads out of her own shit. Today, like a chimpanzee that thinks she's a person, we have collectively begun to act like something other than ourselves. We've voluntarily assumed the logic of the systems we've created and organized our lives around them. We live in an algorithmically generated culture, and we are the algorithms. Translation, please. Well, I mean... The internet is our collective shit and we're making sculptures out of it. Yeah, essentially we're the, the internet is the culture that we've created um, and we've effectively, we're effectively kind of mimicking it in our everyday behavior. Um, okay, this is the, I'll, I'll read a little further because I think he essentially wraps up the point that he's making in that paragraph that maybe was a little too- um, Abstruse. Uh, up to to really get to the, the heart of his argument. 
what non-fungible, which is to say unique tokens show us is the absolute fungibility of culture today. It's hazy, interchangeable meaninglessness, how it all belongs on a blockchain, how it all belongs on an infinite self-generating playlist. It all belongs on a streaming service that slowly steals the hours and the heartbeats from inside you. When you look at the Discover page hotties, you look back into your own soul through a clouded mirror. Online, a mysterious anonymous cipher writes to you. So much is depended on an algorithmic matrix of mind data that the user's identity is distilled so accurately that you can't breach that identity that's fed back to you via the screen. So no chance encounters, just a recurrent overlap of what you already are. If life was once about chasing after a dream, it's now about running away from the comfortable, hypnagogic lifestyles prescribed to you by the culture we create together, reflexively and imitatively. You're living inside other people's dreams and they are not good dreams. So much of modern life is algorithmically scripted so as to exclude surprise or chance and you must try to break free of this script every day. Rejecting all this post-death culture is a good place to begin. It's New Year's Eve. And this has been Morning Reading Hour with Jenny Tear. Well, I thought it was a beautiful, it's a beautiful essay. I'll, I'll, you know, we should put it that in the show notes. so much clearer. Well, I mean, I think he's essentially saying that we're, that it's, that, you know, internet culture has kind of um, spurned a, a kind of stagnant, there, there, there's a certain stagnant, you know, um, we're in a stagnant cultural moment. And I, I largely agree. Like I've really started to, I don't know how to get out of it, but like I personally really started hating screens. Like I hate the bifurcation of my existence into like the analog world, you know, where, you know, I'm existing within the world outside of the internet and the internet because it's become such a big part of my life and I really resent it. I can identify with that feeling, but my, my first reaction to this is, is this anything new? I mean, this, well, you know, right. with the advent of television screens, or, you know, were, were people not spending a lot of their time focused on something outside of themselves and, you know, beginning to diminish the time that they had personal interactions? Same with radio. And what, it, what is um, NF, okay, is it NFT? Yes, it's a non-fungible token. I'm still trying to grasp what that is in relation to Grimes' video. How yeah. how is this different than a film that it has it, to be the original copy? So I think it's uh, easier to understand with memes. Like if you yeah. imagine imagine a GIF, right? Whoever yeah. created, remember the Nyan cat GIF? Remember the cat that had like a rainbow coming out of its behind? It's kind of flying and there's a rainbow. Oh, coming yeah, out. I think so. It's a very early GIF. So that's an NFT that sold for a lot because the creator has the original version. So NFTs are endlessly multipliable. Like in theory, anybody can have one, right? You've, you've seen it on the web. You could download it. You could have a copy of that GIF on right. your computer or phone. Right. But it's that one original one that's valuable and it has to be certified by the creator. I mean, valuable in quotes. I mean, it just yeah. sounds so fucking stupid, doesn't it? Like who would... Who like what kind of moron pays six point six million dollars for I mean, something? It. 
I think you nailed it. They're just there's too much. The rich have too much money. I mean, I know we can keep working on this. They what just kind don't know what moron, to do with it. What kind of moron pays, you know, twenty million dollars for this, you know, um, newly found work of art by Monet when they could just have a a poster of it? Yeah. Is it? How is it not the same thing? Well, I think in a well, sense. I think in a sense, though. Also, also the fact that the article that you were reading was just so dense and so beautifully written, just, <laughs> just so difficult to really follow, even when being so beautifully read, I think just speaks to the kind of cult cultural gatekeepers that are all, all up in arms about what constitutes art and what doesn't. And I disagree. I think right now we are in a moment in time where what culture and art is have become more open than ever. But it's also it, it, become more generic. It's accessible to everybody. But then, but there's so much. There's so much good art, more than ever, and it's more accessible. It can be cre created in more different ways. With yes, by even people holding their phones and doing a TikTok. You could debate all day long about whether certain TikToks are art or not. But it used to be that like five white men would tell you what was good art and what wasn't, right? And so that's why Monet would be valuable because it was critic approved and. And um, that's what would make it go. And that's why all these people are up in arms now because it's like this thing that is theoretically dumb and worthless and was probably created in five minutes is what, worth millions? And well, people I don't like know whoever about this that. snobby writer are all up in arms. And this kind actually, of snobby person like me. <laughs> he's actually a young, a relatively young guy, FYI, the snobby art critic that, you, that you've, um, worse, currently no lampooning um but i i see what's gonna okay i'll, I'll throw this out i don't know if it's a valid question but what's going to be around in 100 years a monet or a tiktok like somebody's stupid fucking tiktok i just i don't i don't buy into the notion that it, every because it's democratized essentially it's you know we have more good art i just don't I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, I, I'm gauging my own reaction to streaming services. And like, for the most part at this point, I barely watch Netflix because it's just a vacuous hole of content that means nothing. It's, it's, it's like the Uber driver model. They've just flooded the market with shit just to basically capture market share. Counterpoint. The other day, Jim and I went to a college, community college museum where I, I kept my expectations really low because I, I am a snob, as I said. So I thought community college museum, how good can it get, you know? And so here we are, it's a beautiful building, not a very large museum, but beautiful building. And the main exhibition is uh, that the curator was, was retiring. So it was like his favorite works from the last 20 years or whatever, with a focus on minority LGBTQ and women artists, right? So the majority of those works were fantastic. And I was thinking, like where, where was this stuff like throughout history, right? Like where, where was it? I mean, there's a concerted effort to go back in time and sort of try to reevaluate works that were dis dismissed behind them. But I'm thinking this is so great that there's so many voices right now that they're being celebrated, that this is a moment in time when this can happen. And it, it's so recent, you know? Point, I mean, I know we're having like parallel discussions here about like screen time and value of NFTs, but. But it, if it ties into that we're in a like culturally poor moment, I vehemently disagree. Maybe because being a, an LGBTQ person, I always thought like, well, I used to 
they were like gay movies in the 90s and they were uniformly horrible. Like they were just awful, right? So for me, the idea of gay art was like, uh, this is just like trash, something trashy that some somebody's gonna throw together and just take advantage of a cultural identity. But now here I am, I'm like, this is like really great works. I'm not an art critic, but like this would have all been buried, hidden, or they would have had to camouflage their identities in the past. So point counterpoint, if you if you look, maybe you are too trapped in your screen and I'm also guilty of it. But if you look, I think it's very, there's a lot going on out there that wouldn't have in the past. I, I, I have to interject and yes. I tend to agree with Camilo. As someone who used to work for a huge major art institution, I think it is about gatekeeping. And you know, one of the things that I witnessed when I worked there was a young black intern who was working with some of the curators there who kept asking, why the hell this? Why the hell this and not that? Why are we presenting this artist and not that artist? This is even an institution that, you know, is aware of diversity issues in, in art, et cetera, diversity issues, uh, not the right term, but you know what I mean, um, listening to other voices and presenting other perspectives, but the art world is a machine. There, there are very few ways to create your art and have it wind up on the wall of a major art institution in New York than just a few different um, avenues. And it in, involves having money, it involves going to art schools that are- yeah the right ones there are very few avenues to that so it is about keeping and sorry baby I, while this this shit this digital stuff kind of suck um you know this is just this is an age on age old conversation about what's good art and what's not and that's never going to end and it could suck or it couldn't, but the fact that there's more um, there's more access to to creating art that is something that is worthy of paying lots of money for, um, even if that's on a TikTok or video screen, I'm all for that. Just that that's my perspective as someone who kind of got a a glimpse into how how the art world works. I mean, I will say this. I think the art world is absolutely rotten with money. I mean, real art buying and art showing and, and who gets bought and sold and who buys things. I mean, it's just completely corrupted by money, like in, in a, a pretty um, crude way, like, you know, hedge fund billionaires and private equity goons buying like art that's indisputable. It's, I mean, it's so detached from its original intent that it's almost comic. I, I think like the art world is, is, I think it makes Hollywood look somewhat noble by comparison. <laughs> um, hey. You guys have watched that. There's a very good documentary actually on Netflix. I mean, I'll admit there, there's, there's plenty of good stuff on, on Netflix and there's a ton of crap. But it, this documentary is about this 
this art dealer in New York, a very well-respected art dealer, you know, one of the movers and shakers who pawned off these fake Rothko's made by a Chinese forger in Queens. By the way, he is the only sympathetic person in this entire documentary. Everybody else is eminently loathable, detest, truly detestable people, including the people who bought the art, these, you know, sugarcane billionaires. Oh, Just, please find the title. I need to, I need to watch It's this. called The Art of the Steel. It's very good. You guys should okay. watch it. And then we should talk about it because mm. truly to a person, everyone is awful in it. It makes you want to run screaming into a community college gallery where I'm sure there's some, <laughs> you know, good art that is truer to the very like essence of art which is to fill you know the viewer with with beauty and um you know some meaning uh, so i do agree you know that that those institutions uh have uh, are essentially very corruptible or corrupt and have been gatekeepers that keep people out in order to like pump up the value of of some things i'm just not sure that this moment we're in I'm just not sure about it. I, I, I have a very tortured relationship with, with kind of internet culture, I think ultimately. It doesn't make me, it doesn't make me particularly happy. And I resent the amount of time, partly because I'm not in a city. So I'm not, you know, I'm away from my social connection. So to a degree, the phone is a portal into like socialization for me. And, um, and I really don't like it. And so maybe my experience of art through it in a way kind of reflects that. Thank I, I, you for coming to my TED talk. Yes. Sorry guys. And, <laughs> and I wanna say this, this ambiguity about it is a good point to stop because we did it, we've done it. Our longest episode ever. Wow. Oh my God, wow, what a milestone. And, and uh, <laughs> we still have some uh, shop talk to do. I am, Thrilled to announce that by the time this is released, there will be a new Instagram page. Is it called a page? What is it? An Instagram? Non-fungible token. An yeah, NFT. Instagram NFT. A Facebook page and a Patreon page. Look, okay. We know the audio for this absolutely sucks. We need audio equipment. We need microphones. And we are begging you, if you have a couple of shekels, yeah, throw them away. We Patreon, and we will post bonus content there for you to enjoy. Um, do we know what this bonus content is yet? Yeah, well, Camilo bathing in CBD bath bombs. Yes, that's a great idea. Um, I am scared of bathing. I feel like I'm just swimming in dirt. I, I don't like it. But our <laughs> Facebook pages uh, and Instagram page are both at halfway there the podcast easy right they get a picture of my glasses yes that's right finally see a snap of of uh jen and her glasses i took a screen grab earlier to document them and uh that will be the first <laughs> you gave us five dollars you get to see the original nft what if hey to the highest bidder you get the original snapshot oh yeah of this It'll be your own NFT and we'll sell it to you for cheap to the highest bidder. Right. Well, maybe not cheap. It starts at $1 million. Yeah, if a bidding starting at $1 million. Um, so please join our Facebook page or Instagram or both for news and updates about the podcast. 
and you can ask us questions about relationships. It's a good thing we don't have one this week because we've gone, gone on pretty long already. Uh, but we want your relationship slash dating slash sex questions to, to what email, Kim? Halfway there, the podcast at gmail.com. Did I manage it up? Did I miss anything? Any final words? Uh, I, I'd love to say to the audience, how do you feel about the, the art being made right now and the cultural moment we're in? Give Good us question. your feedback. And if you make art, post it on one of our pages. We want to see it. I like to see people's art. We'll follow you on Instagram. If you'd like to get a tattoo of one of us, then bonus. We're going to send you all the bonus material. So encourage that as a thing. I know of another podcast I'm totally stealing this from, but they have thousands of people with podcasts, uh, pictures, tattoos of the host. So, you know, just throwing that out there. Don't wow. Get a, don't get a tattoo of your baby. Don't get a tattoo of your sibling who was senselessly killed through gun violence. Get a tattoo of me. Ending it on a high note, it. Camilo. <laughs> That's it? Are we done? Yeah, I think we're done. All right, everybody. Bye. Keep it perky. Keep it perky. Bye. Boing, 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 just like an Olympian. <laughs> Bye. This has been Halfway There, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it. <laughs>